Hello and welcome to Video Chicken. Good job. See, that wasn't so hard, was it? Yeah, you were on your phone. <laughs> I was not on my phone. Uh, what's going on, guys? <laughs> welcome to Video Chicken. Matt here. And as always, to my left, our co-host, Kristen, chicken Hello. expert, sales expert, behind the computer, behind the other mic, behind the uh, switchboard over there is our lovely Ingrid. She's stressing a little bit this morning. I'm not sure why. You guys are acting like we've never done this show before. Well, she did say she had some dog issues. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I am so sorry. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about that a little bit when the time comes. Um, all right, so we're going to give everyone a chance to get in here, but we have a lot to get through today. Also, we have a guest today. Yes, Matt. We Yes, Matt. Yes, we do. We, do. we yeah, have a great guest. It was my connection. Okay, yes. yes. We have a guest today. I've been wanting to talk to Carl again for a long time. I think I talked to Carl like two years ago about composting, and it was just an amazing conversation. I, I can I bet it is. And I tell you, right. I'm excited. I don't know Carl, never met Carl. I believe he's the gentleman that I think I've been wanting to meet. Right. Um but I, I tell talked you, him up like two years ago. Yeah, so I tell you what, we we have a um a guest today. You're you're looking lovely today. Yes, is this an authentic 70s shirt that you are wearing? I got it from a thrift store. So that's authentic. I mean that's got that's not fake 70s. That looks like real 70s. Yeah, well, Anyways, yes, look very nice today. I get um, all of my all of my wardrobe comes from a thrift store. I know. Uh, you're the only family that has ever been kicked out of a thrift store. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So we got a big show today. We're going to give everyone a chance to get in. It is January 4th. <laughs> Leave some merchandise for somebody else. <laughs> January 14th, 2022. Um, we got a guest speaker today. We're going to talk about composting. That's right. And if I remember correctly, is he not? Let, let, go ahead and just give a little teaser as to what um, he's an inventor, right? That's right. What did he invent? Well, we're going to leave that for him. No. No, that is the wrong thing to do. We are to tease our audience. We are to do an introduction. Like, oh my God. Like, you're the you're in the middle of the ring. You're in the middle of the boxing ring, all right? We should have a microphone come down. And in this corner. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm not going to make a fool of myself. But listen. So we have a guest speaker today. We're going to everyone come in. I can't wait to talk to him. But we got to get through something real quick. Uh, do we got the emergency breaking news? soundbite anything like that no we don't um i promised a customer that is getting her coop hopefully any day now all the way out in california mm -hmm. she called me up this morning and i could hear it in her voice she's stressing she's panicking she's upset and it brought me back to my bug days because one of the things my boss loved to do is send me into the wolves. I loved when there was an upset customer because I knew no matter what, we were going to fix the problem. And I love that now that was with our own business. I'm like, there, there can't be a problem. You like the backdrop? I just noticed with the roost bars. <laughs> um, so product placement. We need to talk about something and it kind of ties into to today. So let's just jump right into it so we can start showing everyone. And remember, too, um, this show is for you guys. If you have any questions, comments, please leave them down below. And if you don't have any questions or comments, let us know where you're watching from. Say hi. Do that interaction. It's good for us. And Ingrid, make sure you remember that you remind me that, was it every 15 minutes I need to remind people about the show? 15, 20 minutes. 15, 20. You just, you just let me know. All right. Okay. Awesome. All right. So we're going to get started. We're going to bring in some photos here real quick. And we need to talk about this. And the reason why I want to talk about this is it does, again, tie into today. And they're lower. They're lower. Okay, so they're down here. Mm -hmm. All right. We need to quickly, and this is a question we get all the time, and I feel like mm -hmm. people 
they obsess over it. They freak out about it. And a part of me is like, please don't stress. Please don't freak out. It's okay. You know, what you are getting for your chickens is you're going to allow them to live the best life. Okay. Um, but I know that our customers love us because they love that we get technical. We're going to tell them this is what we think, not because we're trying to promote our business because we're chicken people, right? Okay, so here we are. We're out in California, and she's getting ready for a 10 by 24 foot Carolina coop. And here's a great picture of the excavation of the soil, and then they put in the forms. We have 2 by 12 forms, all right? And then they're going to pour in the perimeter. So right away, I want people to see you don't put down a concrete slab. We need to mention, please, and Ingrid, use this for later. It's more important in this situation where we're talking about what do I put inside the run, what not to do, okay? Um, so here's what to do. You pour a perimeter concrete foundation if you want to. So in this case, they are. You don't pour a full concrete slab. So what's going to happen is they're just going to pour concrete all the way around there. Okay, fine and dandy. That's all good. Now, moving on. Yeah, here's, and no wire either. Okay, so mention, mention the things that is a no-no, please. Well, no, definitely no, not solid concrete, uh, no wire on the floor of the run. Um, I wouldn't use all sand. Um, I wouldn't use all sand either. Uh, what else? Oh, someone wanted to put in lava rock. I, I wouldn't do that either. I wouldn't put any rocks in there. All right. So what I'm doing right now is I'm bringing in some pictures. I want organic material. Right. You know, and speaking of lava rock, and this is so funny that this came up too is uh, a customer of ours is pulling out their rock that they mixed in with this mixture. Okay, so real quick. Here we here we have a the forms are up. We're going to fill in the run. Okay, we got to create that forest floor for the chickens to have it. And in this case, the chickens are going to free range. So that's important to know. All right. Wait, they are or are They are. Okay. They okay. are going to yeah. free range. I'm trying to get to it. It's probably going to be the last one here. I want to show just real quick the final picture cuz we need to get Darn it. Tell me I don't have it. All right. Um, so it looks like they're just filling it with organic material, right? All right. So we called you up. The mm -hmm. customer asked me, Matt, what do I put inside this run? I think, I, and I, I see Carl in the green room. Uh, Chomping at the yeah, bit. Yeah, like, oh, I see that. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I thought this was actually, it worked out perfect. But this is hot right now. Like this customer is watching. All right. And I said, please watch because we're going to answer this. Don't stress. All right. So we've come up with some recipes and I, I like our last recipe. Okay, it is 75% advanced composted hardwood mulch. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Kristen. Yes. Work with me. Okay. 25% um, topsoil. So that's easy enough, right? Right. Okay, we can get into a little details. We don't need to get into it today. We definitely need to talk about this maybe down the road. So here's what happened, and I really want to bring in this photo, is... Um, The question was, Matt, do we put in the mulch first or the topsoil or do we mix it? And I said, me, I would put the mulch in first and then top it off with the topsoil. And then, of course, me being me, I said, you know what? Let's call our chicken expert. So we called you up. You answered. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And you said, no, you would flip it. Right. Well, it really doesn't matter because the chickens are going to mix it up. If you if that was your chicken coop, what would you do? I'd probably put in the topsoil first. You put in the topsoil first. And because then, that's where it's going to end up. And then put the mulch on top. Yeah. Right. So, because that's where it's going to end up. See, because of that statement is why I thought it'd be better to put the topsoil on top. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. All right. Here's the point. I don't think. Here's the point. Say I can't one more wait to hear from Carl. Are you I, really? And I really, I really think we're overthinking it, too. 
Okay, those are the things I yep. need other people to hear. Right. Let's not overthink it. Yep. It doesn't matter. But let's keep in mind the perception from our customers is, no, Matt, it does matter. And that's why right. we call I guess, you. I guess if you have to choose something, if you're throwing stuff in there, yeah, why not have a recipe? We need to have a recipe. Right. Black and white from here moving mm -hmm. forward. When people call, what do I put inside my run? It is 75% advanced hardwood composted mulch. Am I saying that right? Uh, so we're going to have to find out. I bet you Carl has the yeah. best term for it. Um, and then we're going to put topsoil in it as well. Now you can mix it, you can put it in first, you can put it in last, it doesn't matter. But why are we gonna add topsoil to the hardwood mulch? I believe topsoil has little rocks in it that uh, the chickens may use. They will, because think about it. If they can't free range, you gotta make sure the chickens have right. everything that they need in nature. Now again, these chickens can free range. So I tried to tell our customer, I said, please, no need to stress, I promise you. But I love, mm -hmm. she's a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist, so I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the beauty of having chickens is as long as you know what not to do, the rest is pretty much right. okay. There's and a lot. she does have grit as well. She has grit. Oh, speaking of grit, so she was going to add lava rock. We had another customer recently. She sent me pictures. She's sifting out her lava rock. I don't, I don't understand the lava She said rock. it's too porous. Yeah. I, I, uh -huh. But you, the point is if you add the topsoil, they got the little rocks. That's perfect if they're free, if they're not free ranging. Because the, the rocks that we, that are grit that you buy at the store, those are little pieces of granite, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not everywhere in the country. It is a different world okay. out west, especially. So apparently there's a lot of volcanoes out west. So so you... western chickens use lava rock? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there could be. Huh. There, there could be. So or I are hope... those alien chickens? I don't know. I don't. Do, do, do. Oh, can Moon we do rock. the X-Files music? Or is that going to get us kicked off? No. 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 Okay. Move so. On. All right, moving forward, if you want to know what do I put inside my run, unless Carl, Carl might just rock our world and change yeah. everything. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we see him in the green room. You guys don't. He's going to come on here in a little bit. I can't wait to talk to him. I know you're like you're like starstruck right now. Well, I actually, I'm second guessing everything that I'm saying because there's an expert here. So, yeah, That's, that's okay. What, that's, what that, okay that's the point to the show. But I really think everybody's overthinking it because they're going to tear through whatever you put in there in a matter of days or a week, and you're going to have to put more stuff in there. And you don't want to keep having truckloads of professional landscaping material come in. I mean, that's the, the upkeep on that's just going to be ridiculous. So that's why I say it's just more important to have regular material come in than really what it is. And that's why I use just leaves. Yeah. For, I forage the neighbor, the neighborhood for bagged leaves. We got to get a video of that this fall because I know yeah. people don't believe yeah. me. But oh, that, I, that I love to go downtown Raleigh where the old houses are and the old trees. And, oh, I get the best leaves Yeah, there. and you can identify. You're like jacking on the brakes yeah. again. Like, oh, that's a good bag of leaves. Yeah. Huh? Um, all right, so 75% advanced hardwood mulch, 25% topsoil. If we had to go on the record, we're going to say put that in first. And there's another reason I, I, why I, we – I also break for the, the tree loggers. The, the yeah, oh my god, I yeah. do too. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. you guys got issues. All right, so um, why add the topsoil other than the grit? And just for our viewers and our listeners, just because it's natural. I mean, that's just a, a natural product that I would put in there. Would it be fair to say that we're also kickstarting? You know, you you mentioned right. you know right here. The we're gonna ropes. do a deep litter. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do a deep litter. Okay, here's our industrial hemp with some chicken droppings, or whatever. But we add some topsoil to kickstart it. 
right. with the microbes. So that could be helping with, as well with the composting. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I want pe everyone, I want you to realize chickens are the world's best landscapers. Right. Don't go in there, spread it out, let them do it. They love it. Let chickens be chickens. So uh, for our customer out in California, I hope that helped. It's coming from the expert. And yes, she's sitting here second guessing herself. And here's the point. And here's the other reason why I do this on the show. We're about to have an expert on. Mm -hmm. We really don't think of ourselves as experts, but our customers, our listeners look to us as experts. And you're seeing the real deal. We're going to learn, but we want to share with you why and that there is some merit to what you say. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. All right. So it's 1212. Uh, I believe at 1215, we're going to bring Carl in. Yeah. All right, so that's all I had to get off my chest, I think, right away. Oh, and before I forget, um, did we have any sound bites, any video bites from our premiere on mm -hmm. national TV? No. No. We can officially now talk about. Right. So we had a meeting the other night. There was like, what, four or five of us? Ingrid, yeah. were you in on? No, no, because I had to call you. So we're having a late, I don't know why in the hell we're having a meeting so late. That was what the customer wanted. Oh, that's right. We had a we had a Zoom meeting with yeah. a A-lister, right? Mm -hmm. Am I getting that right now? Anyway, so we got off. So Kristen all of a sudden goes, oh my God, we're going to be on Shipping Wars yeah. in about two hours. We're like, what? So we're all trying to figure out how in the world to watch Shipping Wars. I had to go download Hulu. So uh, explain to people before. Uh, I'm getting, okay. okay. Yeah, you you absolutely, Ingrid, you got it. So so here's what happens. Um, well, I don't know how much I can say because I don't want to get sued by Shipping Wars and A&E. Uh, but can I speak freely or no? Yeah, why not? All right. It's a reality show mm -hmm. that I absolutely love. I was disappointed to know the entire cast is gone. But that's besides the point. Uh, so long story short, they call up and they say, Matt, we want to ship a chicken coop. And I'm like, I don't have a chicken coop to ship right now, but I happen to have a duck house. And they're like, okay, we're going to have our drivers drive by. They're going to pick up the duck house and they're going to deliver it for you. Where is it going? I said, well, it's actually just going 30 minutes down the road. They go, perfect. Mm -hmm. So everything about that show, we filmed for two days to get 12 minutes of airtime. Nothing was real other than the duck house. Well, that's not true. Even the money. Now, the money, the actual money that they told me, okay, here, Matt, pay them with this cash. Yeah. So that money was real, but the transaction was fake. Everything's fake. But you, I mean, when they talked to you, your answers were real. They weren't rehearsed. They weren't. Yeah, nothing was rehearsed. How many times were they like, oh, got to edit that one out. Got to edit that one. <laughs> and it, it was a little bit corny. What was corny? Just all of the little. Uh... Retakes? No, no, the, the I guess. I... What do you call it? The tongue-in-cheek or the... You um... lost me. I don't know. Anyways, if you guys haven't watched it, please support us. Go out and watch it. It's on A&E. It should be rerunning right now. It's Shipping Wars Season 9, Episode 12. I believe so. Foul Play, they called it. I loved it. Uh, you're going to see 12 minutes of us doing what we do. Yes, I was as real as I could be. Um, but I think it's important to say that we had a blast with the crew and with the um, the couple that is was doing phenomenal, probably the Dwight best film. And Taisha. Yeah, they were best. so much fun. There, everyone was amazing. Um, one of them did win the date with Kristen. I think there was like five guys that were chomping at the bit for Kristen, and one of them did win. He was a Packers fan, so I wasn't happy about that. But just great, great people. So uh, well worth it. Now, actually, if it wasn't for that, we would have never known we had a show. All right, it's twelve fifteen. The, the one liners like uh, that's one way to get into your work. When you had to, when you had to climb into the chicken coop, I mean with the the driver. Did. I said that. Yeah, I know those kind of. Why things. is that corny? Oh, just I, I mean, said I wanted so his chains. <laughs> I mean, I thank God. I tell That's you, they did a phenomenal job editing. All right, guys, uh, okay. let's go ahead and get into it. We're gonna bring Carl in. Ingrid, do your thing. So again, this is Carl, 
who is where's my notes? You got your notes here. Um, he's a biologist, yes. Carl. I am gonna butcher this, Carl. I love the hat. How well, do you say your name, Carl? Warkomsky. Warkomsky. Okay. okay. Welcome way, to the show, Carl. Way better than I thought it was going to be. Good morning. Um, Good afternoon. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, it is afternoon anyway. Uh, Carl already. is a biologist and a chicken owner. Oh, I, well, that would make sense. Right. But you're fairly new. I mean, two to three years, right? Five years about. Five? Man, time flies. I remember when you first got them. Wow. Okay, five years. So, uh, no, he's chicken, he's chicken not new. Chickens make more chickens. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that is somehow magically, somehow they magically just appear in someone's chicken coop in the middle of the night. Uh, well, it can mm. happen. <laughs> uh, so Carl is from, is it Protopod USA? Yes, protopodusa.com, correct. Protopodusa.com. And so please tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and mm -hmm. what you're doing and actually why we're having you on the show, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, I'm a conservationist and biologist. I grew up in the mountains of Pennsylvania, what you would refer to as the Poconos. Oh. And I moved here in 2007 to be closer to my family in Wake Forest. I live in rural North Carolina, Youngsville, and I have a farm in Lewisburg, which is in the outskirts of um, the town towards Centerville. Okay. And uh, we have several dozen chickens there, and then we have dozens of chickens at our house. Um, we have primarily bantams and uh, silkies, but whenever another variety gets introduced, they crossbreed, and so you kind of just have barnyard chickens. <laughs> Sometimes and, uh, those are the best. Yeah. They are. They have good yeah. uh, hybrid vigor, and we're really yeah. pleased with the genetics that have evolved. Um, my background is in entomology uh, since 2007, which is the study of insects, and I primarily <laughs> focused on black soldier fly cultivation. Hold on. I didn't know we were going to that level. I am I, I'm meeting a fellow <laughs> colleague. I'm taking myself back to John Goodman and arachnophobia. He's the bug guy. Well, the there's a difference. You used to make a living killing bugs, and he's making a living studying, studying and raising bugs. True, but they go hand in hand. Right, right. Because if you don't know the insect, <laughs> you don't know how to kill them. But more importantly, let me be clear, and here's why I got out of the business. I hated the abuse of pesticides completely abused and if you understood is that why you're glowing i'm in awe right now oops sorry I, i'm in awe right now um so i'm gonna shut up but i, I this is awesome and it makes sense because we're gonna talk about soldier fly larva today yeah. okay and it's one of the reasons why i love this contraption okay sorry to interrupt <laughs> no it's great um did you want me to just address the bedding issue since you were oh, yes. asking questions and having Jumped a dialogue right yeah. on that subject yeah absolutely First, I always think you got to go with renewable materials. I don't consider topsoil and renewable materials because what that is is the byproduct of um, mass urban developments. They scrape off the mm. vestige forward surface, bag it up, and sell it to. So it's a byproduct of uh, of development. Oh, and that's a good point. It's not the best thing to use. Oh my gosh! Hold on, my customers freaking out right now. All <laughs> no, right, go get ahead. ready. Go ahead. We're we're here I mean, for you. It's no, not no, go bad. ahead. I mean, it definitely has um, biological nutrients mm -hmm. and it is um, rich with organics, but I sometimes think there's better alternatives. What Kristen mentioned about collecting leaves and of course allowing those to compost into, you know, into leaf mulch 
is an absolutely fantastic bedding because there's critters in there from to, to forage on. There's a lot of biological activity. Why is the biological activity important? Because it helps break down uh, their solids and liquid waste. Mm. So as soon as that hits the bedding, the active microbial environment processes it in immediately. And this is what they do with Korea natural farming. They make sure the bedding is biologically rich, biologically active, and that living bedding is what breaks down the waste so that you don't have a buildup of issues, whether it's, you know, ammonia, uh, mites, or all the, the products with people who neglect cleaning their coops. Um, Why not let the microbes do the work for you? I'm just going to interrupt for a second. Nan says that Carl needs to be turned up. Yeah, I, I'm noticing that. Yeah. Uh, he sounded a little bit low on my end. Nan, thank you so much. Nan is listening in her office. Um, I have him almost cranked. Yeah. And I haven't checked the comments, but I apologize about that. I tell you, I hope everyone heard that. Can we get the guest mic louder? A little bit hard to hear. I am so sorry. Thank you, guys. All right, so he is cranked right now. And I'm not sure what else we can do to turn him up. So, Carl, if there's any way you could turn up on your on your end, I think I may have actually just done it. I think I found the magic button. Okay. I just want to make sure everybody's hearing. Oh, absolutely. This is good stuff. Yeah, I just got goosebumps. I, I mean, I can talk about compost and chicken poop all day, and he just he just made such great points. And if people want to look up Korean natural farming, you can look up. You can just Google that because we use that method as well and, and it's, i love the living the term living bedding and that's what we do we talk about that all yeah. the time and this reminds everything he's explaining is exactly what i do with the reptiles with the bio in the bottom where the old school way is that you clean it out every week and that's yeah. nonsense you actually create 12 inches of soil and you're mimicking what happens in you know Nature. where these reptiles live it's the same exact thing and i tell you he's making some interesting points that i can't wait to get into but so carl i apologize about amazing. the quite little the little but we just had to turn you up a little bit so go ahead and uh, continue where you left off how is my volume now oh, oh much we're better right. we got you brother <laughs> loud and clear it's like magic on friday <laughs> so um another thing that i think we need to recognize is um, the neglected bio waste uh, of the hemp industry. It has a lot of potential. It is not pine and it's not cedar. So it doesn't have resins that may be harmful to the chickens if it was bedding. And because of that, I think it's an opportunity uh, to not only promote that industry, which is an American industry, but it's something that's going to benefit uh, usage in the chickens. And uh, we have tried it. And I've been very um, impressed with a lot of attributes. And so for those of you who are reluctant to, you know, try the bio waste hemp herds, experiment and see if you like it. I, I think it's actually um, something that the chickens um, are compatible with. And I, I, I think it's a real opportunity. I personally think um, adding some biochar to the soil uh, for a multitude of reasons, not only for uh, the charcoal, going into their gut and helping their microbiome in the chickens themselves. It has an enormous porosity to help with the microbiome of the soil. And so you're introducing all of those little crevices for microbes to live in. And so when the waste hits the, the media, you're going to have the biochar system with the microbial activity. So it's a real benefit double. It's a double win. You know, you get some grit and you get microbial activity. Um, other than that, what Kristen said about the churning and mixing is going to happen inevitable. And when you create layers, it's just going to get mixed. 
-hmm. Now, in Korean natural farming, there is a book out by Master Cho, and it's not very thick. You can get it, and there's a whole section on chicken uh, uh, rearing that is worth reading. It will tell you a little bit about those layers that, that were mentioned earlier. Some of the Korean natural farmers put a layer um, similar to huga culture or large timber or fiber or woody materials down at the bottom base. And that seems to be a repository for fungal mycelia and growth. So when the, um, the feces and the urine pass through, that seems to be of benefit for that biological activity and breakdown. And it works in huga culture. I think you guys are familiar with that. Um, those are mounds in permaculture where the inner core of the mound is basically wooden timber. It's kind of like that methodology. So anyway, let people Google it and, um, and they'll find it fascinating. Okay, uh, if I may. Yeah. Wow, okay. Whew. Hold on, my, my head, my, if there's not smoke coming out right now, then something's wrong. My brain is burning right now. So this is amazing. So again, if you're just joining us, we have Carl, uh, who is a, I gotta go back just a real biologist, quick, uh, biologist entomologist, uh, just a pretty darn smart guy. And that's what I love. I love smart people. And here's why I love to have these conversations, because there's things that we are learning uh, what we learn a lot from our own experience and we don't have all the answers and we love learning. And so he just shot down topsoil. Yeah. Great, so, great reasons. Yeah. And they're phenomenal reasons. Yeah. And that's the thing. I want people to always, you know, just because someone tells you something doesn't mean they're right. But when they start to explain it and you're mm -hmm. going to understand it's not complicated, even though there's a lot of big words going right over my head um, that I love. But uh, I love that he mentioned right away the hemp and, he mentioned a couple of things I, I I would love to expand on a little bit if we could. You mentioned that it's an American industry. I, for right away, just kind of understand why I'm like, what is he talking about? I wish I could get hemp herd in America. I still have to get it from France. And Canada can't even, they're not even there yet, even though I know that they, from what I see, is they're further ahead of us. And then also, if you're not understanding what he mentioned by the herd or um, the byproduct, which is a shame. So again, the outside of the plant, and Carl, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just going off of what I've learned, but the outside are what we call the bass fibers. And that's a repellent material that helps protect the inside. And the inside is the herd. And the herd is no good to most people that are processing the hemp, the industrial hemp plants, because they want the fiber for making textiles and things like that. And that makes sense because it's repellent. But the inside, this is our little pieces of diaper this is our absorbent material and what we have learned is this stuff is the best for chicken bedding in our opinion and there's reasons why that carl mentioned especially that it's not acidic uh, i've had a lot of people say it falls in that range of being ph neutral so i just kind of want to recap on that but you i gotta ask you something here's the big debate and this is why i broke out these piles we're not about to do lines of hemp unless you <laughs> want to um <laughs> anyways so the Canadian companies are saying, Matt, this is what we call a shive. You need larger shives. They need to be bigger. I'm like, really? Why? Because the French tell us, no, no, no. Smaller is better. And we've gone in and talked about that. And I don't want to bore people with all that conversation right now. But I would love to hear if you have an opinion on that, if one is better than the other. And if so, why? Um, I haven't heard in regards to the size of different um, reasons other than the processing equipment. There may be uh some proprietary um incentives behind that to have one or the other so i don't know i mean whenever you can increase 
the surface to volume ratio for biological activity, you're going to get a better performance. The problem with it being too fine, you can get clumping and anaerobic pockets. And that causes um, certain types of microbial populations that can cause odors to populate. So longer fibers to prevent anaerobic conditions may be conducive. So I would have to research that more, but I think there's an argument for both depending on who you ask. Okay, if I may then. So you just hit it on the head. Here's what I found out. You talk to the French and they're like, here's what I think happened. They didn't have use in the horse bedding and some other areas for the smaller pieces of herds. They're like, okay, how can we make some money at that? We're going to push it for chickens. But here's what I learned. In the processing system, in order to keep de-dusting the smaller particle, they can't turn the vacuums up because the particles are too small. So now they're just sucking out their product that they're trying to keep. So we found that it's dustier. Now, we all know chickens have a sensitive respiratory system. We want to be mindful of dust. I, as an asthmatic, am more concerned about the dust when we're using it inside the chicken coop. And we're like, well, wait a minute. Chickens love to take a dust bath you know they're kind of breathing in some dusty areas so is it really that big of a deal or am i being scammed that maybe the smaller particle isn't better but what you just said is where i get it's funny trying to find the sweet spot mm -hmm. when we talk about more surface area in my mind if we were to add up these smaller particles all right sorry Inger, i gotta see i gotta see what i'm doing here okay. the smaller particles we probably have more surface area versus one larger piece so people may think and maybe i'm confused that well this is going to have larger surface area but not necessarily if i break this in half now i just increased surface area which should help with the the microbes but like you said it reminds me of um like clay it packs down because the sediment is so small so we can be too small so i just want to make sure do i have that right yeah for the most part okay. I, if i if i was concerned about compaction or if I was concerned about odor generation, I would select the larger fibers. If I wanted higher bacterial activity and I knew it was going to not allow clumping so the chickens would get in there and churning and I wouldn't be worried about anaerobic pockets, I would probably go with the smaller because that probably is going to have better biological activity because of the surface to volume ratio. You have more surface, so more microbial, because the microbial activity occurs on the outside of the fiber. And because, you know, all of that's going to break down over time. It's all organic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. So that, that's I, for my chicken coop after four years. Oh, I've been telling people six, so it's six, four years. It was, it, yeah, it comes Who's to me at four years. It, it's a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have if you have odor and detect odor, mm -hmm. select the larger ones and, and mix that in so that there's more porosity. Porosity. Okay. All these big words. Are you writing on these big words? I got a lot of Googling to do later. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I hope that made sense, and I don't want to confuse our viewers yeah. anymore. Don't it sounds like you could use either one. Yeah. There's advantages the, yeah, to both. Yeah. And yeah. again, not let's not overthink. Yeah, and let's, I would be interested, Carl, is there anything that you would add to the industrial hemp and deep litter inside the chicken coop to help facilitate composting? Would you do a mix inside the chicken coop? Whereas before we were talking about what to put in the chicken run. Well, remember how you were talking about the leaf clutter? Yeah. Um, partially decomposed leaf clutter, which they call leaf mulch, is really microbially active. That is basically an inoculation of the beneficial microbes into your chicken coop. So mm -hmm. I would add microbes, but I'd have um, 
a mechanism for doing that. And I would do it in a way that also brings in some critters and other types of uh, mi mm -hmm. microinvertebrates for the chickens to munch on. So I think that's a really good way of adding additional opportunities, not only for the chickens invertebrates, but for the microbes. So I would introduce a source of microbes. And that being, beneficial uh, microbes. That being uh, leaf litter or something else? What something else that's use? something that's microbial alive. So compost from your compost bin. Okay. Uh, worm digestate or you know what's called castings. Okay. Those are microbially rich in, in, in activity. And so what that's gonna do, it's gonna inoculate the run with all of the microbes to do the work for you. I mean, that's what occurs in a compost bin and the compost bin gets fed the stuff you throw in it. Well, this chicken litter is getting, that's, that's the waste that's going into this microbial milieu. And uh, you want to have microbes there to do the work. If there's no microbes that have been introduced, it just kind of builds up and stinks. Okay, would, would there be microbes in the chicken droppings or no? Yes, there will be. There okay. are, there are okay. microbes everywhere. Um, and you want to have a mixture of thermophilic and mesophilic, which um, target different temperature ranges. And how would you do that? Um, <laughs> is it just the different materials? The different okay. materials will have both of them in. Um, so whenever you access a compost bin, you know how it's warmer in the center? Mm -hmm. Well, there's more thermophilic microbes there because they like it warm. And then in the outskirts, there's mesophilic microbes, which like it kind of temperate. So you want to have a mixture of microbes because you don't know how the environment's going to change over time. And so by having a nice mixture, you uh, are ready for all the environmental um, fluctuations. And nature just does that on its own, right? We just provide it the material yeah, that you mentioned. Want to you want to inoculate though, because in new construction, those microbes don't really exist. Okay. And you want to bring, you want to introduce them in some way, just like you need to do in a new aquarium. You know, you have to bring in the microbes to get the system right. going. Exactly. So that's what this brings me back to. This is just like getting from the nitrite to the nitrate yeah. and you, you have to have it switch. Um, but you have to introduce, especially when we bring in, when we grow coral, we would bring in what we call live sand and it has all those benefits already ready to go. Um, Carl, this is amazing. Again, if you're just joining us, we have Carl here who is a compost expert, biologist, and a entomologist. And there's so many more things I want to get to. We have just all new information. This, this, this is, is my mind is blown. That's why I love this show. I hope everyone out mm -hmm. there um, is appreciating it. Definitely. I see the questions and comments coming in. I do want to get to them. Um, and so please forgive me. I can't help but talk a little bit about the business side of Thanks. And I do see some comments coming up. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Can you quickly explain what do you mean by it's an American industry? Um, having attended numerous hemp conventions here in the States, um, this is a real opportunity for a lot of small farms to actually have a revenue positive year with a agricultural commodity that they can make a living off of. A lot of times, uh, farms are negative because um, of the commodities being unprofitable. Mm -hmm. And right now, hemp is profitable for farms. So I'm looking at it as a means of rural resurgence uh, economically for America. I think it's going to be such an enormous um, asset for rural America because of all of the different materials, fibers, textiles, food, um, medicinals. 
I mean, just think of all the opportunities from one cloud. The reason they call it weed is it's really easy to grow with not a lot of input. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I mean, think about the inputs for cotton or think about the inputs for corn and how much it depletes the soil. But, you know, hemp adds a lot of opportunity and it absorbs enormous amounts of CO2 from the atmosphere, helping the climate crisis. Right, right. With okay, so... Gotcha. So it's just a great opportunity for America. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm constantly like, why can't we get our head out of our asses and get with the program? You know, and we see everything. Am I not allowed to say that? Why am I getting No, players? that's good. Thank you. Oh, because it's frustrating because it's just, I agree. It's just that mm -hmm. simple. And it's like the government's got to put in all these roadblocks and they can figure out how to make money off it. In the meantime, we're all suffering. And that's why I'm so passionate about this material. There are meetings we have behind closed doors where, especially not, I feel so bad for her. She's in tears. It's a lot of work. To make sure the customer is happy with this product. And I hope we're making things better, not worse, because I don't want people to overthink it. Um, I love getting into the technicalities of it. I love learning why. But it's what makes this product so great is not only is it sustainable, renewable, it's harvested in 90 days. It works so well mm -hmm. in chicken coops. And I see a comment that came up that I want to make sure we're clear on something. Is you know we're, we're, we're talking a lot about composting, using a lot of fancy words, and it makes sense. But, and Carl, I'm not sure how familiar you are with our coops. What people love about our coops, if you were to ask them, you know, what is the best thing about a Carolina coop? There's so many great things, but they love the deep litter system. And the deep litter system is composting inside the hen house. And it gets, even for me, a little confusing. And I definitely want to talk about this. So I know people have said, are we talking about the run? Are we talking about the hen house? Because my understanding is there's a huge difference between an anaerobic state compost, if I'm saying it right, or an aerobic state compost, where inside our hen house, it's on it's it's on giant pieces of cutting boards. It's high density polyethylene right here, and this is we use this material mainly. It's actually psychological. People want to know there is a material in there. It's never going to rot. No, nothing can penetrate into it, so it might actually help with the composting. It's not losing moisture. But some people over the years have said, "Matt, that's not composting. If it's not on the ground getting moisture, that's not composting." I'm not a compost expert. You are. So I would love to talk a little bit about that to help maybe clarify for us and, and people that have our coops or think about buying our coops. We are using the deep litter system inside our hen house. We have found it to be amazing. You can go. It's all about chicken to coop ratio. Let me be clear, everyone. You got to have the right size diaper for the right size baby. The worst thing you can do is overload your chicken coop. That's what factory farmers do. Okay. And that's why they have to pump them full of antibiotics to keep them alive because the living conditions are so bad. Here, we're the opposite. We're trying to promote the opposite the way it's meant to be. And it's, I know for a lot of people, it's hard to believe, but this is true. I mean, she brought it in for show and tell that you literally can put this hemp inside your hen house and go six oh, years yeah, without having to clean it out. And, but is that truly composting? I got to think it is. And I love when Kristen asked, well, isn't there microbes being introduced? Cause that's what I often thought of is you have a beginning state, almost a sterile state. You're putting the stuff in the hen house. It's going on high density. How are the microbes getting introduced to do the breakdown? What's through the chicken droppings? And Kristen would say, throw in some top, dirt. well, topsoil. Well, I just said dirt, like a shovel full of dirt from your yard. Well, see, I've gardening people say, that's not dirt. That's no. topsoil. It's like, oh God, you know, again, we're trying to make everyone happy. So I just love to hear a little bit about your thoughts on composting inside a hen house. It's just think of it like a plastic bowl, if you will, or you're composting inside your run, like what we were talking about in the beginning of the show. I wish I could see a picture of what you're talking about with the polyethylene. Is it a shield that covers the entire bottom? 
of the hen house? Ask and you may receive. Ingrid is on it. Uh, that's the beauty of this show. So we're going to share. She's going to bring up our website. You should be able to see it. She's going to share the screen. I'm going to show you exactly what we're talking about. Um, I tell you, I, I'm going to. I've had one. Oh, Ingrid, that's a beautiful picture. I've had one hell. Of, oh, there's a great picture right there. It's hell of a week. I hope he's not good about to rock my world, but maybe he is. Yeah, um, I, I think he is. I think he is. Uh, Spoiler, spoiler. All right, so she's going to share the screen. So she's going to show you. I mean, it works. People love it. They say it all the time. They call back up and go, Matt, you were right. This is amazing. Um, So screen share. And right there. If you can, right here. So what it is, our hen houses, most of our coops anyways. Well, actually, all our coops have an elevated hen house. And inside the hen house, this is where the chickens sleep at night. There's your roost bars. Those are the tree branches. And their defecation falls down into the hemp bedding. And it can be up to 12 inches deep. And what we tell people is, you know, start off with four to six inches. And Kristen also advised, and I do too, it makes sense. Introduce some topsoil. Introduce some of those live microbes so they can start the breakdown process. And especially with hemp, wow. I mean, you could see a lot of chicken crap in there and still not smell anything. And I always tell people, if you think about it, that's the pest, is the, that's the nuisance, is the odor. That's what seems to bother us. But if you do start to smell the mo- more ammonia side of things, you just throw in more hemp or you stir it. But again, my question is, is that composting? Um, am I using, are we using the wrong word saying that's composting? Even though I've talked to other experts and they say, yes, that's just an anaerobic state, meaning there's not a lot of oxygen, which is good because that means it's not going to get too hot, but it's doing the job to keep down. The biggest problem again is the smell. That's your nuisance. And then when it does come time to clean out, even though Kristen's going to say, technically you never have to, it's going to keep breaking down, breaking down just like this stuff here. And she's right. I mean, this is so much heavier than just, this right here. Yeah, but, it just turns into dirt. Right. Uh, but when it does come time to clean, you remove it, and you got gold. I mean, we've seen it, how well it works on gardens. I'm not saying to put it on an actual growing garden, but, you know, in the wintertime or when you're not growing. Throw that on there or throw it into your run where it can go to an aerobic state to compost. So what do you think, Carl? Yes, please. Oh, no. Did we lose him? Carl, is he messing with me? Oh, my God. Did we just lose Carl? I can't do that again. Oh, no. He's there. there. Muted in sound levels. Oh, okay. I see what happened. All right. I see what happened. All right. So, Carl, I apologize. Um, Ingrid, I'm just going to go ahead. And hopefully he saw that. And all right. So you're back. I am so sorry. Um, First of all, I like the design. It it makes sense. It's logical. What you don't want to risk, what you don't want to risk is having the bedding as the equivalent of clay cat litter, where it just clumps around the droppings and it doesn't really do anything. It just is kind of encasing the solids and liquids. What you want to do is you want to have an environment that immediately attacks it and breaks it down. I wouldn't worry about running the risk of overheating. And the reason is it's not that large a volume. I mean, this is 12 inch deep maximum. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was two or three feet, I would start to worry about heat or, you know, like a 12 foot high pile of compost that starts mm-hmm. to smoke. Yeah. Then you got to worry about heat. But I, I, I think the ancillary heat that would be associated with it would just actually keep the coop toasty in the winter time. So, I mean, that's not a bad thing. If you want to pull back on the heat in the summer, then probably have less microbial, uh, um, introductions in the summer months and more microbial 
uh, introductions in the winter months, and you can get that from not only the feces, which have microbial uh, uh, components, uh, the leaf mulch or other types of living soil, like the compost in your yard, or any any shrubbery on your property that has decomposing leaves underneath. You gather that. That is replete with microbes that would help with the breakdown. So just look for anything that you can introduce to just um, inoculate that bedding, but you don't want sterile bedding. I think sterile bedding is the only risk you would probably run into this with this fantastic design. Right. So, and we have, and I've done it myself. I mean, we start sterile and I mm -hmm. am mindful and I do tell people, again, it reminds me of an aquarium. Um, you can't just load it up with fish right away because it hasn't kicked in. The, 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 the nitrification cycle, if I remember correctly, was what it was called, hasn't kicked in yet. And then you're doing the same thing. So it might take a little bit longer, but if you want to kickstart it, take that live material, throw it in there. You've just introduced all those beneficial microbes and it is a form of composting, yes? It is, and you let your nose determine the course of action. If it stinks, you're doing something wrong. You mm. either don't have enough microbes or there's not enough churning or porosity. You maybe increase the amount of the long fibers or you get in there and just break up the clumps. Okay, I wanna stop, oh, I'm sorry. I want to stop right ox there. Oxygen is the solution to foul odors. Always remember that. Okay. Now, wow. that, okay, okay, okay. I, I love that. That reminds me of my, my earth science teacher saying the solution to pollution is dilution. Oxygen is the cure to foul odors. We need to make that into a t-shirt. We need to make a deep litter t-shirt. And it should be F-O-W. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Foul. And I don't want to blow your mind, but if that's the case, then why wouldn't we use wire on the bottom of the deep litter to allow more airflow instead of plastic? Why did you? Uh, we, let's talk about that now that you brought that up. Hold on. Hold on. May I? May I? Thank you. Um, okay. So I want everyone to take notes of what he just said. I'm so glad he said this. Let your nose mm -hmm. determine how you're doing, not your eyesight. And what I have learned with this industrial hemp, and we got pictures of it, it's, it's incredible. You can see a lot of chicken droppings. And I know I have a lot of people that are like, Ugh, but no, that's fine because it's the odor. If the odor isn't there, leave it alone, set it and forget it. And that's what I want people to realize because how many people, especially here in the States, you know, we just went through this with a, a site survey we did. His mother is saying, don't get chickens, they stink. No, they stink if you're doing something wrong. We want to help you do something right. Right. And it's just this simple. Um, so, okay, so to your point, why wouldn't we just put screen on the bottom? Uh, I, I, I would definitely like to hear if Carl chime in there because two things. One, we have done chicken coops where there is no floor inside the hen house. Yeah. Mine. Uh, we did one in Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. And the droppings went right to the ground. And then he, that's where it started to break down. To me, that just makes perfect sense. That's almost a chicken coop that you never have to clean out. But if you do put screen on the bottom, you're, in my opinion, you're sending the wrong message. Is they're going to think, oh, the chicken droppings are going to fall through. And I'm going to go in there and hose it down. We've heard all the nightmares, all the things you don't do. But to that point, you might be on to something. So let's go ahead and uh, with that quick disclaimer, hear what Carl has to say about potentially if we were to use screen as the floor of the hen house. I, you opened up a bad can of worms. Yeah. I'm just going to – I got to take a break for a second. <laughs> Anytime you can introduce additional airflow, you're going to have better results. Now, I'm not sure what the structural um, – 
uh, integrity of the coupe is going to be when you change the floor from the polyethylene to maybe a wire. But, you know, you always want to um, include things like longevity, maintenance, uh, rust. You know, polyethylene is going to last forever. Chicken coop wire is going to have a finite lifespan, and you don't want to have to go in and replace that every couple of years. So you have to balance it. Maybe there's an opportunity to take the polyethylene and uh, add aeration um, pores in, in the form of drill holes. God, that's uh, not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. The last chicken coop that I built at my daughter's house has a, a double wire floor and frames because huh. I'm, I'm testing this. Oh, thanks for letting us know yeah. um I, based on what carl told me and i also know years what ago i know what people are going to say they're going to tell you it's going to be too drafty my chickens are going to be too cold well and you don't want them to walk on you, that don't, you definitely don't want them to walk on it you have to on wire they can walk on wire they can walk on it but you increase the chances of them cutting their no, feet no it's got this much of bedding on top they're not if it walking. does if it does if it does yeah if it does what have bedding on top you don't Here, want them walking on it if they're on the bedding no we do but in case people just don't put enough right bedding in and they their kids the chickens are walking on wire Anyhow, how I'm, many I'm times it. hold on okay so let's just be clear because I, I imagine people are just i don't know what kind of results we're getting right now in our mm -hmm. customer our listeners minds but um we i don't want chickens living and walking on wire like they do in factory farming it cuts up their feet you're increasing oh. the chances of bubble no, foot. I'm about i know what you're talking about let okay. me be clear because you're already you're confused too um, what Ingrid is saying is, okay, have wire as the material that's holding what they're walking on. Mm -hmm. In this case, the bedding. What are I guarantee you, people's people are going to say, one, they're going to get the wrong idea. Going, oh, that's great. I I'm just going to go in there and hose it down, which we're not fans of. I think water and tight crevices that can't air out are going to cause bigger problems. But are they going to be? Is it going to be easy enough to say, okay? We're going to offer you the ability that we're going to take this beautiful food safe, high density polyethylene, and we're going to cut it in our CNC, but we're going to cut, we're going to make it a pegboard, and that's going to help your aeration. That's not bad. Mm -hmm. I also rake it. I mean, raking it is giving aeration to it. I have a little three-pronged rake, and I just rake it up, get the stuff in the bottom, kind of turn it. It's not a lot of work. All right, I, I, I want to get to all of our customers or uh, listeners. Actually, and we have to get to the biopod. Too yes. Oh, that, okay. That's, that's what we so need. So yeah. let's do this real quick. Carl, how much time do we have? Uh, as much as you need. I love that answer. Thank you. We usually always try to end by 1.30. Ingrid might need a break at 1. Um, <laughs> we, I can't wait to get to uh, your invention. And but it, this this show is about our listeners and helping them and, of course, helping us. So I can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, if we can, can we get to that real quick, or do we need to wrap up that last comment about the screen flows? It looks like Carl's like, nah, I got yep. one more point to yep. make. There's one more thing I would add. You might want to give people the option of the solid polyethylene versus the perforated polyethylene. And it is manufactured by PolyPro Products out of Ohio. And it's basically just a polyethylene sheet with repeated um, drainage holes based on a side that you decide, a size. A, a pour that you decide it's really useful it's going to last forever but you don't have to do the drilling it's done for you yeah because i tell you drilling on the cnc oh my god forever yeah. all right forever that was awesome yeah all right so ingrid can we go ahead and uh I, there's some key comments especially okay. in regards to this conversation can't thank everyone enough for all your questions comments let us know where you're watching from if you just happen to be just joining us we have carl who is a compost expert entomologist biologist and i'm sure there's probably even more titles he has super smart guy 
Love this guy, and he is just, he's rocking our world, which is the point of this yeah. show. I hope he's doing the same for you guys. So let's go ahead and get right into some of these compound, uh, uh, comments, please. <laughs> so Francine wants to know if it's good to put the recycled hemp from the hen house into the, um, on the run floor, and if she should do some of it or all of it. Are you getting a lot of static all of a sudden? I know. I am too. Okay, I hope our listeners aren't getting that. I'm getting a lot of static on our end. Okay, so do we take the material from the deep litter mm -hmm. and throw it into the run? You see any issue with that? I don't. You asking me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We know our answer. Oh. Everyone knows our answer, I'm sure. I don't see that being problematic. Mm -mm. Right. If anything, isn't that a good idea? Because it should help get to that next step of breaking down that's my understanding from our horticulturalist who did went to africa and 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 composted human manure she took me a minute i'm going are you talking about what i think you're talking about she said yes <laughs> they would put it in barrels and she said it's the same thing you're doing right now you're keeping it in plastic but once you introduce the oxygen it goes to the next stage of breaking down so a part of me with this whole screen and perforated bottom it makes sense this is a system that has just been a set it, forget it, not broke. I hope we don't confuse ourselves. Nan's probably sweating bullets in there right now going, oh, my God. But um, it, it's fascinating. So, yes, take the deep litter from your hen house, throw it right into the run. And with that point, you may have seen some of our videos where we have a lot of our custom coops where we put the clean-out door in the run. So you literally, when it does come time to clean, you open up the hen house doors, drop down the deep litter door, pull that material right into the run, and you're done. We have a, um, another question. Um, if they can, from Chris, can you use the ashes from the barbecue grill in the run for a dust bath? I've used dirt, ash, and DE in a, in a dust bath. Can you mute your mic for a second? I'm so sorry. I'm not, if, uh, listeners, if you can, if you hear the static, no, you are uh, three, non's four. I'm still hearing it. It might be our headphones. All right, go ahead and unmute you. So the question is, do you take the charcoal from your grill and use that in the dust bath for the chickens? Anyone? I say yes. I would say no. I'm going to say no, too, because of the chemicals that are in it, especially to help keep it lit up. But yeah. that's just my guess. Oh, I guess I was thinking of fireplace ash, which is just wood. No, I'm thinking brick. Oh, maybe that's what they mean. I'm thinking no, about the briquettes. No, and she, she said she said briquettes. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I it, I've done fireplace ash, not barbecue ash. Okay, so that isn't that isn't no with the briquettes, but natural hardwoods mm -hmm. burn it down. I mean, we got customers that swear by it. That's the way to do it. What do you think, Carl? Wood ash. I don't know enough data to actually give an informed answer regarding uh, wood ash okay, and chicken health. Um, I would say that needs to be researched. Okay. And moving on. Good. This is like our fire rounds, and then we're going to get to your product. Like, this is my favorite part yeah. that we're going to talk about. And I want to make sure, Inger, you don't skip a comment. I know you're going to skip this one. Someone made a comment about so-and-so is destroyed industrial hump in America, and they even called out a name. So I love this. I want to I make sure we cover that. What, William Randolph Hearst killed hemp in america yes william randolph hearst carl have you ever heard of a william randolph hearst wrh we call yeah, him we know <laughs> oh i have no idea so who is william randolph hearst am i about to get sued no he's dead <laughs> okay I am so... oh man what a show today all right go ahead so who is he and how did he kill hemp in america if he did you don't have to agree no i think nixon uh, killed hemp in america but that's just Somebody I did. think uh, Mr. Hurst, who built San Simeon Castle, 
on the bluffs on the coast of California. He was a publishing magnet mm -hmm. and I think had decision-making capabilities to use one material over another when it came to his publications. And I believe that influential ability uh, changed the marketplace for uh, the commodities. Okay, gotcha. So we're going way back in history. I mean, you could even make the argument before that. I mean, wasn't our Declaration of Independence written on hemp? Wasn't our Constitution written on hemp? Yeah, and at one point someone's like, I don't want, we're not going to make money off of hemp. We got to make it illegal. I mean, okay, so that's what you guys mean is the government said, no, no, no. We can't make money off of this. We can make money off of the wood mills or they lobbied for the wood mills and not hemp. Is that what we're saying? Well, I've also, it was classified as part of pot. As sure, a, as to a, make it illegal. To make it illegal so you can't use this great, wonderful product. Because follow the money. After World War II or during World War II, the government wanted farmers to raise hemp. There was a big call, victory for hemp. Hmm. So. That's interesting. Okay, so that's what that means. All right, so there could be some truth to that. So just moving on real quick. I apologize. Glad we, it's we, coming back. We can go, yes. And history always repeats itself. That's the beauty of life. Uh, so I just want to get through all this. You're flying through. There's so many long because comments. I know, but yeah. I'm getting to questions because I want to get to okay. Carl's um We will. I promise. I promise. I promise and we will. his green cone. Yeah. Um, green cone? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't know about this green cone. I have a green cone. I never even heard. I can't wait. Yeah, so let, let's get to the products because I, I, I don't want to miss it. I, I think it's very important. Yeah. All right, right fine. I just don't want people left out in the dark. Like, Matt, you tell us the show's for us. We've left questions and comments and you don't answer them. I'm the one that gets no, these there's calls. There's a lot of comments saying they're loving this. All yeah. right, awesome. All right, then let's get to it, Carl. Let's uh, talk about okay. you now. Let's talk about your stuff. Sure. Um, here in North Carolina in a place called Pittsburgh, which is kind of the hippie area just west of Raleigh. Love uh, our factory produces two sizes of bioconversion technologies. Those um, allow people to grow enormous quantities of black soldier fly larvae. Uh, the main input mm. is food waste. It could be mixed cooked food waste. It could be raw food waste. It could be food waste from your garden, from cafeterias, restaurants, whatever. And that picture there is the four foot unit uh, kind of looks like a little jacuzzi um, <laughs> that has built-in crawl-off ramps that are on the side walls there that you look like a ring that you see on the right-hand picture. What that does is it takes advantage of an instinctual tendency of this species to crawl out of the waste when they are mature. And so we take advantage of that. They crawl up the ramp, drop through that hole in the bottom there there's like a darker mm -hmm. shaded hole and you just have a collection bucket uh to receive them and they it usually happens at night or maybe during the hot portion hot portion of the day and i come out every morning and i have a, a nice uh collection there that i then take to the chicken coop it's it's really the reason my chickens like me <laughs> and i i befriend them because of the black soldier fly crack it is really one of those things that allows you to make a connection to your chickens in a way that you can't do with just kibble or feed. Uh, I, I, I'm embarrassed. I don't have one. So, I, we all want one. Yeah, exactly. I, and I, 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 am. I love this product, again, mainly because of my bug guy days. Because I remember they always teach you in bug school um, that when flies go through their complete metamorphosis, egg larva, pupa, adult... When you find the pupa 
That doesn't mean that's where they're breeding. A lot of times they'll leave their wet source, which is also their food source, so you know you're getting close but not quite there. And they have that instinct a lot of time. And even the fruit fly larva that I'm breeding for my, my chameleon, same thing. They want to crawl up. And so now we're learning what is instinct to this insect, and it's amazing. They crawl right up that ramp. And I remember this video. They drop right down in that hopper, and the chickens go nuts. And here's the other part. What you're feeding that soldier fly larva is what your chicken's eating. And I just think that is something that we overlook. You know, yeah, we got chickens and we got fresh backyard eggs, but are they really that, are they as healthy as we think they are because of what we're feeding them? And here's just a great tool, not only that is a lot of fun, it makes sense, and also think about the, the education behind it for uh, us and children. And we definitely, um, why don't we have these yet? Yeah, everybody should have one of these. And it's it's like he's probably about to say, you're taking waste and yeah. creating chicken food. It's, yeah. it's so obvious. I really am embarrassed. Yeah, that is awesome. So we are we going to be able to start selling these? Do you allow other people to sell them for you? We do. Um, we would love to have additional um, distributors around the planet. We have several. Uh, I do not take credit for inventing this uh, technology. My good friend Robert and his family invented it. Um, they no longer uh, do the production. I have taken that over. And um, while they pursue you know, other uh, opportunities in their lives, and um, I'm kind of just keeping this going uh, because I'm enthusiastic about it. It works and I don't want to see this disappear. And in fact, with the climate crisis becoming full frontal this decade, I think any type of opportunity we have to divert food waste is a positive one. This particular method just happens to produce a yummy uh, feed for your chickens and fish. And it's um, protopodusa.com. It'll be on our yes. That we'll put, I'll put all the links on um, the descriptions for the show. So if you don't write it down, they'll be on our website. Yeah. So, and it's on our screen right now. And if you happen to be, you know, right now it is January 14th, 2022. We are live right now. But if you're listening to the podcast where there is no visual, uh, as Inger said, yeah, protopodusa.com. But you do see it on our screen right now. And I also love one made in USA. He's, he's our neighbor. Yeah. He's right here. I mean, we're over here in Creedmoor, North Carolina, and you happen to live in Youngsville. But the factories in Pittsburgh, why are, can we come visit? Um, if you bring food like a pizza, absolutely. Oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, we're New Yorkers. We bring pizza everywhere. That's our form of communication is with pizza. The rest of the world doesn't quite understand it. That is awesome. I tell you, I love Pittsburgh. It's, where, it's one of the places that's on my list to hopefully retire to. Um, all right. So let me, so tell us real quick. So we, we can go on to right now, protopodusa.com, order this bucket. What comes with it? Like, what do we, tell us what we do to get this going. Um, this is a, a bare bones, do it yourself, um, skeleton so that is what you get there is a base plate that comes with it that is not critical that helps with drainage the 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 takeaway from this type of setup is everything you need you can get at the local home improvement stores some um solid concrete blocks to elevate it uh, a drill bit to drill some holes for aeration um, if you want to do this indoors, like in an, a greenhouse or aquaponic setting, we have a central um, drainage port that can connect to standard um, plumbing fixtures so that um, people who have like, let's say, a concrete surface in their greenhouse, they don't. Oh, crap. See, it mutes him. Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I forgot that. All right. So we got to fix it. I want to show people 
what we're, we're talking. All right. So sorry about that. I wanted to bring up your website. That's what I was trying to do behind the scenes. Uh, so that's what you were trying to do, Ingrid. I was, but I realized that when we go to that screen share, it mutes Carl, and I didn't. Okay. Do that. Um, let me let me. I might be able to figure this out real quick. All right. <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> uh, that's crazy that it's going to be this difficult. So we're just going to share the screen. I want to bring up the. Yeah, uh, we yeah we did bring up the website, and there were some other products on there as well. So I don't know if he wants to talk to that. Uh, absolutely. I was hoping. Um, so I'm going to see if we just share the website. So here's protopod.com. Protopodusa.com. Protopodusa.com. You are correct. Thank you. And he's. Um, this the the big um, protopod is the one that he's that they're continuing to make. Yeah, it's something over there. So you, is the was... smaller one the the one the circle one? That uh, we just I don't know. Out? I think we might be able to no. hear Carl now. No, this is the this is the bigger one. Oh, that the is larger the larger one is the protopod. The smaller okay. one is the biopod plus. That's the unit that Robert and I developed um, as kind of a home unit for people who have very few chickens or maybe uh, a bearded dragon or chameleons or somebody who wants live feed for their for their uh their pets and um it's a smaller unit it works just as well but it's not really designed for larger quantities of uh of um black soldier fly larva whereas the protopod is good for people who have a flock so and, Carl was basically saying that if you got the small one, you're going to be like, oh, darn, I should have gotten the big one. So <laughs> we're just going to go right to the big one. Okay, so let, yeah. let's let's bring this up right now. So we're at products. Okay, so we, we have chickens. I want to order right now. Uh, and hopefully we're going to have a promo soon. This shouldn't take long. So I'd love to, you know, uh, I don't know what the kind of deal. we got to talk business with, with Carl here. But uh, hopefully we'll have this on our website. But for right now, I'm a, I got chickens. I want to get this. This is awesome. Where do I go? What are you going to tell us to go? Where, where, where are we going to go to order this? Um, you just have to call the office. Every single um, order is by phone. We do it the old-fashioned way and talk to the customers. Oh, so geez. it's not ordered. It's not ordered online. And the reason we want to vet out and make sure that the customer is compatible. Places of the U.S., like let's say Minnesota or Vermont, <laughs> um, where the black soldier fly is not present naturally, um, you can run into problems because it's not present um i tell people and basically where the pink is and warmer you're going to find black soldier fly and that's zone so that's seven a, right yeah zone okay. seven and that's a good portion of america there are parts of zone six that have it i get people from ohio and pennsylvania say i don't know what you're talking about we have black <laughs> soldier fly yes they have black soldier fly but there's probably only one or two generations and it's not a huge cover it and it may just be sporadic so it's not guaranteed but in zone seven and higher you know it is a native species and and with the warming of the earth it's going farther north so there's a larger and larger coverage over the decades um you don't have to buy colonies in fact i try to talk people out of buying them online you just want to attract your local population because that's the genetics of your area that's going to do the best if you order a, you know, a colony from a grower in Nevada. Right. It's not necessarily the same ecosystem. Okay, so, so tell us, how do you attract them? How do you attract them? Um, basically, just food waste in the pod <laughs> is going to attract them, but there's ways to entice them even more. And so I have a mixture of success that I always recommend to people. That's um, a couple pounds of coffee grounds or brewer's mash mm -hmm. as my substrate. Mm -hmm. I mix that with some pet kibble that I soak for maybe an hour to swell it up. 
Mm. Mix that together, put a piece of burlap, a blanket over it, and just let it sit there until they uh, find it. And it's usually within about two weeks you'll see them uh, have discovered it and laid eggs and you have babies all over the place. That's the secret that I use. It's so easy (laughs) and anyone can do it. Um, Plus, I don't want an opportunity if I fill it with 50 pounds of food waste to um, all of a sudden feed my local raccoon and um, (laughs) possum population uh, because they seem to really like buckets of food waste laying around. And uh, I don't want to encourage that. So the first two weeks are the hardest part with um, black soldier fly cultivation because it's the week where the food's staying there. Now, once the activity of the pod is in full force, you put a bucket of food waste, it's gone in 24 hours. They, they're like mini piranhas. Okay. But uh, the first two weeks you have food laying around and so you could run into a situation with uh, meso predators. Okay, what time of year? Um, as soon as it starts to get warmer and above 75, so here in North Carolina, mid-April is a good time to start setting okay. these up. Um, okay, so and it just again taking me back to my bug guide days. What I loved about learning, and I and I did a three years with Purdue University in entomology. Uh, so I took it to a very high level. And one of the things I loved about learning about entomology is it's actually not that hard to tell the difference between bugs um, if you know what you're looking for. And like right away, I'm seeing what I'm gonna, obviously going to believe is a soldier fly. It reminds me of a soldier fly. And one of the things that makes a fly is it has two wings. And what I don't remember is any flies ever have an antennae, but I can imagine they got to have something small. But so first thing I just wanted to ask, it is a true fly, correct? It is. It is a member of Diptera, correct? Diptera, yep. And um, I was just surprised to see the antennae. So if we put out this biopod and we're attracting these flies, we want to make sure, hey, we're attracting the right ones. Uh, What are the key things we're looking for to make sure – that we have the right species in there, or is it impossible technically to be, to have the wrong species of fly in there? Good question. There are several species of black soldier fly. I'm sorry, of soldier fly. Um, I have encountered black soldier fly as well as golden soldier fly. That is more common in the mountain regions of North Carolina. It's lighter in color. The grubs are slightly smaller, but they do the exact same thing. Now to discourage pest flies from being introduced into the pods, and once once the colony's up and running, you don't have to necessarily worry about these pest flies because the black soldier fly dominate and they crowd out the other species and they take over. And so you don't worry about house flies. But the first two weeks, because house flies and fruit flies have a shorter life cycle, you have to mitigate against infestation. And so we've discovered over the years that a blanket of burlap is a really good mechanism to control house flies from taking over that two week pile of coffee grounds mixed with pet kibble. And the reason is the burlap covers the food, the the kibble coffee ground mixture directly. And house flies have an instinctual tendency to want to lay their eggs directly on the food waste. So if you've blocked it, it makes it difficult. Black soldier fly prefer to lay eggs on adjacent surfaces, which you just created with the burlap. So it's a great way of kind of incentivizing one over the other with just a little agricultural product that everyone should have because burlap has a lot of uses it can even cover you know your um, tomatoes and peppers in a cold spell in the spring the little seedlings so burlap is great use for anyone who's a gardener genius yeah you just outsmarted them that's what i mean so if you understand the bug 
you can you can figure things out even like if you got to control them prevent them kill them or in this case use them to our benefit that is awesome and i just wanted to tell everybody that the black soldier fly is not a pest correct I thought that was a great point when he said to prevent pest mm -hmm. flies. Right there, it should trigger, oh, yeah, the soldier flies are not a uh, pest fly. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. They're not considered a vector, Kristen. And the reason is they don't feed as adults. So they don't have mouth parts. And uh, they only live less than two weeks. And because they don't have mouth parts and they live such a short life, their, their purpose as an adult is just to mate. Because um, house flies are living for months and months and they feed, they transmit germs from stop to stop. And that's why their house flies are considered a vector because they transmit germs because they feed as adults and they vomit on every time they, they land, they vomit on the food waste. And that's how pathogens are introduced that affect humans. Yeah. My favorite was when I would, <laughs> when I had to sell fly lights, I was like, listen, that bottle fly, that blow fly, you know, the ones that had the shiny metallic mm -hmm. just came from the dead carcass or freshly dog droppings that are drying out in the sun and the flies are all over it. Well, that was just feeding on that. Now it's on your dinner plate yeah. and that's what you're eating. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. And watching it under video. Yeah. This is why I got, yeah. I got the, oh, so these awesome. are totally different. So just to make sure everybody understands that. Yeah. And also I want to add that I have, um, worm bins, the, um, that for composting and, uh, black soldier fly larva has been introduced to the worm bins and they're fine. They can coexist. Cause I looked that up and I saw that one wasn't going to outdo the other. Hmm. So if you do have one of those commercial worm bins like we have, or, your own worm bin and you get black soldier fly larva that's okay they can mm -hmm. they can coexist and be happy yes a lot of people use uh, the black soldier fly undigested residue or the buildup at the bottom that occurs over time uh, as a direct feed source for um, red worm cultivation so they take that they put it in the red worms they mix it with some shredded cross-cut cardboard and they transform it into castings so there's really no waste product. Amazing. Plus, we get lots of good compost tea, worm tea mm -hmm. from our worm bin to feed our garden, which is amazing. Okay. Well, let's get to the next product. Yeah. The, the you call it cone. the green cone. I love the green yeah, cone. I, I have no... All right. So, Carl, what is this green cone? Um, the green cone is uh, a food waste digester that uses uh, passive solar thermal radiation to incentivize certain microbes to break down food waste in your yard. So there's an underground basket component that is uh, has drainage all around it. There's a dual cone above it that sticks out of the surface, a black inner cone and a green outer cone that help to um, magnify and uh, concentrate the solar gain. And this is the reason why you can have these in the northern climates because as long as you place it in a sunny area, not in full shade, you can get composting occurring year round. And that's rare because most compost bins slow down or stop in the winter time because they don't have the built-in infrastructure to continue um, with warmth for the microbes. And it's really about the warm uh, loving microbes to help break down the food waste quickly. Um, we don't recommend this for paper waste or yard waste or you know like your tax bills that you really want to get rid of quickly <laughs> we recommend it only for kitchen scraps i mean yes you can put tea bags in and coffee filters and paper towels that have soaked food on it that's totally fine 
This is for busy professionals that don't want to maintain their compost bin. You don't have to stir it. You don't have to turn it. You don't have to turn it. It's just called a dump and run. You just dump your food waste and get on with your Netflix. Wow. So Ingrid, you, you have this. I have had this for at least four years. Um, it's right by my chicken yard. Um, and it's we have a lot of composters on our property. And this is my favorite because it's like a bottomless pit. <laughs> I don't think it's ever with all the stuff that I've thrown, like watermelon rinds and cabbage parts and stuff. Um, it hasn't even gotten up to past the the ground level. Wow! It, and the chickens love to dig around it and hop on it, and it's it's so awesome. great. It this pumpkin all... pieces, like big pumpkin stuff. How, how long have you had yours? About four, as long as I've had the chickens. Wow. So okay. Four or five years. So this is something too that we can uh, promote, learn, sell. I want it. Right. I just and, and, and um, do I you, you do you ever empty it out or is it really just um, a way to better the environment by not throwing anything away? Um, every three to five years, you're going to have sufficient buildup of okay. the digest in the basket. You just pull off the lid, pull off the two cones, pull out the basket, and use it. You actually don't even have to pull out the basket. You just leave it there and shovel it out. And use it somewhere in the garden. Okay. These um, were made in New Jersey, and during COVID, we had a factory closure, and so we moved the molds back to the UK where they were originally. So these are now made in the UK, and we just bring over containers of them and have them here in Franklin County, and we ship them nationwide. Can we pick them up? If you bring pizza. Of course. This okay. is America. Okay. All yeah, right. you can say save on a lot of the shipping yeah. if, if you pick up... Uh -oh. um, from directly and it's you can go to greenconeusa.com yeah nice. any snacks it doesn't have to be pizza <laughs> oh any snacks all right yeah so eggs? i was gonna ask so any kind of pizza that's no, no we eggs. actually no we, have a, we have a phenomenal pizza joint around here which is hard to find in north carolina um all right so we definitely need to talk business not right now but after and that's where i have ingrid around to make sure all that happens because i would love to promote this i am very particular about who i team up with uh i like the people that are behind the product i love that it has to be a good product i love everything about it and there's such a good potential here so um can't thank you enough carl for being on the show we got just a little over 10 minutes left. Mm. So if you, I would love for you to stay around and finish out the conversation if you have you know, 12 more minutes. I, yeah, I can mute and just be here in the background if you have any additional questions. Or no feel free to just jump in and chime uh, in. Yeah. That's, how, that's how we are here. Because I see there's so many great comments. And here's the other thing, Ingrid. The show is finally coming back. I was gone for eight weeks, uh, nine weeks technically, and we didn't do the show. It's taken us a while to build back the live audience. So I can't think. We have 47 people right now listening to us live. Can't thank you guys all enough. Please make sure you are sharing this show. Uh, I want to continue to build the audience because it's so nice seeing all the new faces, the new names the new questions, the comments, so can't yeah. thank you guys enough. But speaking of comments, we questions. Have, yeah, bring Carl in for a sequel. This is the best stream I've ever seen. Keep yeah. going longer, all <laughs> yeah. this stuff. Yeah, this is awesome. The only, the only thing I can add is we do have a lifetime warranty with the protopods, the Black Soldier Fly mm -hmm. Reactors. And the reason is we want these to be generational and we want them to be passed down to the posterity, just like the, your fantastic <laughs> yard tools. We want it to be... Huh. Uh, part of part of your infrastructure on your farm for decades. That is wonderful. Yeah, I have to get one. I was going to go with a small one. I think I need the big one. I got to find space for it. Yeah, no, we're going to jump on this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. spring's right around the corner here. I, I, I love it just mm -hmm. from... 
Again, I'm retired. I don't want to kill bugs anymore. I want to grow bugs. I just, I, I am fascinated with it. If you, you know, even the the mealworms for chickens, it's so easy if you got the right setup. And of course, I my fascination with reptiles get to grow our own internal food. Um, the best part of this is not the benefits to the environment. The best part is you are making a connectivity with your chickens in a way that you didn't think was possible. Yep. So agree. So agree. And I tell you, it's such a good feeling. Uh, you know, non mentioned it on last week's show and I hate how much we waste, especially food. And now it doesn't go to waste. It is just the, one of the best parts. Okay. So going on, uh, and I'm so glad all the compliments. Thank you. So it just goes to show. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's share Francis. Fantastic. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Go ahead. This is one best, of our customers sent how do us I best this week. Do this. Okay, so let me do this. Yeah. Carl, we're going to leave you in the green room. Um, we are now. What did you do, Ingrid? What's going no, on? You here, always huh? blame me. There's always blame. All right. Okay. All right. So we're back, but Carl's in the green room, so he can chime in anytime he wants. But he is muted right now, just so you know. So we see you down in the green room if you got a wave. Uh, what did you want? Yeah, Francine, a big, big fan. Yeah. Uh, oh, did we ever get Mr. Uh, was it Mike Trapp? Last week, who won the answer for the sweatshirt? Did that ever get out to him? Well, that would be a question for you and Nan, not for me. Silence. Right. So Nan's probably still on the phone. She hasn't chimed in at all. Uh, all right. So if I want to share this. All right. Go ahead. Can people people can't see that though? No, they can't. Not right now. Okay. But I can I can help you with okay. this. Help me. Okay. Because we're get we're running late. So no, let's... we're not. We are not running late, and people have even demanded we want more. Right. So okay. Francine has, we've shared her coop before, and she has our chicken guard, chicken run door, which we love. Um, Is this it right here? I can't. No, that's no. not it. All it's right. right here. On, well, it was right there when I shared. No, it's not. It's. I know you're doing great. I'm so proud of you coming mm -hmm. over to Apple. Mm -hmm. Where is it right now? Just just help me out real quick. Well, I just. I, I have no idea where you put it. Well, I, right there? No. Um, it's probably in downloads. All right. Well, that's easy enough. All right. Go on. So Francine shared um, this amazing video. Um, right here? No. You should see the – it should be the chicken run door. You should see it. Oh. Um. All right. I just had it up. Yeah, all you got to do is tell me where it is, and I can I, bring it up. Okay. Well – I don't. All see right, it. bear with us, folks. I'm sorry. We just right, we so just had an amazing show right down the. Oh God, come on, people. I know. Uh, <laughs> all right, can we bring up some questions and comments so we yes. talk about them while you're doing it, or okay, I can do it? You just got to tell me where it is. Um, do you want do you want me to bring up the comments? Is that what you're saying? Um, I tell you what. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, yeah, and we're, we're, we only got eight minutes left before Ingrid's like, no, no more. All right, here's our here's our comments, questions. Again, thank you so much. This, this is, I'm sorry, this is my favorite part, Ingrid. I love the people that are taking the time to talk to us, and we can see them all right here. No, we're not going to go through them all. I promise. There, Ingrid's already like, oh god, man. Um, so again, thank you for everyone uh, letting us know where you're watching from. If you haven't already, you haven't questioned or commented yet, just tell us where you're watching from. And I hope you definitely enjoyed today's show. It looks like a lot of people have. And a lot of people also, thank you so much for the people that have learned from us and letting mm -hmm. us know, sharing all that good stuff. Um, I learned. And I also had my hobby validated today, the, the hobby of collecting leaves. 
That is true. Well, that's a huge thing. A lot of people don't realize, if anything, I'm not a fan of people getting rid of their leaves. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The the leaves are just going to break down. They're not going to kill your lawn. They're not going to kill your trees. Let them do what they're supposed to do. I mean, our goal is to have nothing leave our property. All right, so Michelle Ann asks, where can I order? Have you ever considered opening or being part of Hemp in America? I'm not sure. I mean, we... I don't know if that's to Carl, if that's to us. No, that so. was to us. Okay. Well, I mean, we are a huge part of Hemp in America. We're selling hemp here in America. I think there's an organization called Okay. Hemp well, we should be a part of that. I don't get time yeah. to be part of these organizations, even though I should. Networking is important. Um, and we will talk to Carl about that, too, because it sounds like he is involved in the hemp industry. Yeah, that Ingrid, so I'm getting there. If you got to well. go potty, go potty. No, it's... <laughs> What's going on? I just, I haven't had a chance to, uh, and people love to see their comment and their face and their name. Believe it or not, people love this. And if I'm wrong, tell me. If I'm right, tell me, especially if I'm right. Um, so, uh, so somebody asked when we we're going to have hemp back in stock. It is back in stock. No more putting it out of stock. Everyone needs to hear me right now. No more putting it out of stock. If we have it here. Okay, I know we're trying to do the right thing. We have customers that have ordered coops that are expected to get industrial hemp, and we're hanging on to it, but we got more hemp coming in, hopefully. I mean, it, it's on its way. So sell what we have. It'll be replenished. Uh, so hemp is back in stock. People, we've been shipping out hemp. It's not going to last long, but we do have another container coming in. Does anyone know? When's our container? March. Next? It was supposed to be March. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be out. Um, we're going to be out again. Uh, so... <laughs> <sighs> so now you're pressuring me. You're not letting me go through the questions and comments. No, you are. All right. Well, I appreciate Another thing you is, get, you thank know, you. like, thank you. This really doesn't smell. I it, just looking at the the chicken droppings, it seems like the the hemp is a desiccant. Well, uh, it is. It's yeah. an absorbent. It acts as a desiccant. I mean, it's that just, is the... just dried up little pebbles in there. So, um, but I think, like Carl said, if we incorporate more of the microbes to help break that down, it would double up on on the effective uh so francine asked carl where should i source biochar i mean he he threw out a lot of fancy yeah i had to write that one down i didn't know what that is you gotta make it you gotta make it okay let's bring him in and say tell us about biochar okay hold on we'll do that familiar with that okay okay we will give me a second let me just get through this do you know about biochar? yeah you can if you look up korean natural farming it'll explain what biochar is too can we buy directly from Carl? Yes, I, I'm it got, like he's. I love it. This is America. Hell yeah, call me. Walk, I always tell people walk through our doors. Yes, you can buy from us. So uh, Carl, just give me a nod. Yeah, yeah, yes, of course. Um, we don't sell biochar, but there are many people who do. You can buy bags of it. You can buy soil inoculated with it. You can buy reactors to make it. So you have a choice. Okay. Gotcha. I thought he meant in general. And also, Mike Trapp, great idea. And this is something I never mention, but this is something that comes up a lot in our meetings is, you know, California is a long ways away and, and, and everything's going through the roof. And I wish we had some people out there that could have a situation where they can team up with others, like Mike Trapp is saying, in the San Francisco Bay Area, team up on a bulk protopod order. You know, why not? I mean, that's kind of beauty of business right. in America. It's up to us to figure out how we want to pass the savings along to everyone, be smart. And we have talked about having a warehouse out on the West Coast because it's so much cheaper just to send an entire tractor trailer out there versus shipping each coop individually, mm-hmm. not to mention, you know, you get into the carbon footprint and all that. But it just makes good sense. And having someone, you know, just like Ingrid, you know, she started out as a customer. 
And then here she is. Maybe we have a customer on the West Coast like, man, hell yeah, I'll come work for you guys. Well, is the black soldier fly native in California? Um, it's naturalized, so it's there. Um, okay. It's present uh, all the way up to British Columbia. I don't know if it originated there, but it's there now, and it's probably been introduced, and it's compatible with the ecosystem. You can okay. find it in most places uh, outside the, the, the like the high desert. You won't find it in the really dry desert areas. Okay. So, like, so you there, don't find many insects there. Anyway, so there are so. there is a question: Are there any fly species alternatives to black soldier flies that I could use for this protopod? He lives in Wisconsin. Um, we have had people in Africa use it for different species of flies, but the performance is less <laughs> uh, because they don't have the robust digestive enzyme profile uh, that's as wide of a spectrum as with the black soldier fly. They can consume and digest proteins lipids or fats, carbohydrates, nucleic acids. And so there's virtually nothing left. But other species of flies don't have uh, that huge spectrum of digestive enzymes. So you may not have as good a performance. Here in the States, if you live in Wisconsin, I would recommend doing something in a climate controlled environment so that you can use that species in, a, in, in an environment that's like a greenhouse setting, like you would with aquaponics. This actually is the same temperature conditions as aquaponics. So if you have an aquaponics greenhouse growing, let's say catfish, tilapia, something like that, you can actually have these inside the same uh, uh, ecosystem. And Mike had asked if um, what would be better for chickens, the green, the protopod or the green cone. The green cone I find is just great for just getting rid of food waste. I would say both. Yeah, I mean, they're great. They're both great. They're different things. I mean, the green cone is just the, I don't have to worry about my composters getting full. Hold on a minute. Okay, so Mike also says, in California, we now, by law, need to recycle our food waste and not throw it into the trash. So January. I, so I oh. either give my food waste to the city or now use it for our chickens. Yeah, you need a protopot, uh, the green cone, Mike. Throw it all so there. as much as I hate regulation, um, I, I, it is nice if there is finally something from the government that makes sense. So what California is doing is forcing people to recycle their food waste in one way or another, just uh, and not throw it into the trash. So I find that interesting. I mean, there's obviously we can think of the common sense reasons. I wonder what their reasons are. I'd love to know that because I can uh, tell you. I can probably answer the, the, the primary reason is climate impacts. What happens when food waste goes to the traditional dump site, it's getting buried by other garbage and it starts to break down anaerobically or without oxygen. What that's doing is producing enormous amounts of methane, which are 28 to 38 times worse than CO2 on their climate impacts. And they know it's the low hanging fruit of climate mitigation. So. They're starting with the easy things first, and this is an easy thing. Vermont passed it already, and it worked out really well. Um, I think I like to think of it more as food waste diversion, but you can do so many things with food waste. I think of it as a resource. It's just an untapped resource that are going to have a multitude of uses over the next couple years. I think California is going to come up with some creative uh, uses. And black soldier fly is just one of them. But yeah. uh, you can't really grow black soldier fly in the, in the green cone. It's too hot. 
Yeah. Okay. And just to his point, there's um, makesoil.org and sharewaste.com, which I'm a part of Sharewaste, where if you don't if you don't have a composter and you need to get rid of your food waste, you can go on those sites and you can find somebody locally that will take your food wastes because we take other people's food. Yeah, you have that bucket right out front. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I, I love mm-hmm. that stuff. I love it because it just makes sense. Um, all right, guys, it is 131. I don't want to go over it. Carl. Thank you. Outstanding. Bravo. Uh, I'm sure you hear it all the time, but you did a great job. I love what you do. I love that how much you love what you do and your product. And I look forward to uh, my people talking to your people. And let's see <laughs> if we can do a win-win situation. But we will be walking in somewhere with some hot pizza. <laughs> all right and um two field trips we got to do this yeah, yeah i think you know one of the things we want to do with video chicken is i think it's i don't want to say it's getting boring uh, carl helped you made a great show today sure. uh people love seeing the chicken coops and they love seeing the action and i think maybe mm-hmm. we need to get maybe out in the field and, and shoot live there somehow some way but and maybe that's something we can do there i don't know so something for us to talk about thank you so much yes. carl I, my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm just glad there's so much interest in uh, food waste and insects. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I uh, Maybe I can uh, circle back when we have a bucket of uh, black soldier flies and we can do like uh, some type of video with the chickens. It's a lot of fun. People oh, yeah. love seeing how they react. It's it's great. They, it, it's incredible. Their, their personality changes. I'm sure you have a video from your own interaction. Uh, just send that to us and we'll play it. You are, and I <laughs> saw yeah, some on his website. I was going to play yeah. it, but I didn't want to screw things up. All but right, we'll guys. do it live sometime too. Yeah. All right. We're going to head out, Carl. Thank, thank you, you, everyone that was listening. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. We will see you next Friday. Later. <laughs>